Welcome to the Bethel Podcast. Thank you for taking time out of your day to spend time in God's Word. We hope that today's message blesses you and lifts you. You are um, in the in the Bible today. I want to take you to Matthew chapter eight. Before we get there, turn. You can go ahead and turn there. While you turn there, let's pray. Thank you again, Jesus, for the opportunity to to come together, to to take the Word of God and and uh, see what it has to say. You know, it happens all the time. We, you know, we have Sunday school and groups, and but, but it's, it's such a privilege to be able to come and, and that you give us a guidepost to live our lives by. And, and Father, I do ask you personally for just help to to present it in a way that it can be received. I pray for every person that their mind will be attentive, that their hearts will be ready to receive what you have for them. Because, Lord, I know that the Bible is the truth. It hasn't changed today from days gone by. It's still as powerful, still as relevant uh, today as it was yesterday. So thank you for the next few moments of time. And I pray you'll stir somebody's heart to respond to it today. For your name's sake, in Jesus' name, everybody said amen. I'm going to give you a pop quiz today. I'm going to read to you a passage of Scripture. It's in, it's in Matthew chapter 19. You don't have to turn there, but I'm going to read it to you. It's a story of a young man who had come to Jesus. And he'd come to Jesus. He said he had asked him several questions. And he said, uh, verse 16 of Matthew 19 says, One came to him and said, Good master, what things shall I do that I may have eternal life? Eternal life. He said unto him, Why do you call me good? There's none good but one, that is God. But if you will enter into life, keep the commandments. He said unto him, which Jesus said, you shall not commit murder, not commit adultery, shall not steal, shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said, all these have I kept from my youth, but what lack? Jesus said, if you will be perfect, go and sell that you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasures in heaven, treasures in heaven, and come and follow me. But when the young man heard that the saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions, and said unto his disciples, I say unto you that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven. Again, I say unto you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. Now, you notice that I repeated a couple of phrases there. Those phrases were the kingdom of God, eternal life, heaven, and the kingdom of heaven. Now, here's your pop quiz. Do all those mean the same thing in this passage? Let me say it like this. If you get saved, do you get to go to heaven? If you get to, is the kingdom of, if, you, if you're in the kingdom of God, are you saved? So the, the terms he uses here are all the same thing. It's, it's really about being born again and being a believer, being a Christian. Is that right? And the thing is, he gives all these terms mean the same thing, but do you understand this? That the, the reason he gives all these things is because he's telling us that Jesus is the way to all these benefits of, of the kingdom of God. You get to go to heaven because you're saved. Anybody saved in the house today? Anybody know what it means to be on your way to heaven? Anybody know what it means to be a part of the kingdom of God? It's the most wonderful thing that you could ever do in this life and any life is to become born again. Acts says it like this, there's salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby which we must be saved. If you're saved, would you just give the Lord a hand clap this morning? An opportunity to thank Jesus. Now, let me ask you this question. Can I talk you out of it today? 
I mean, could, if, if I presented you something from the Bible and I could talk you out of your salvation, do you think that you would fall for that today? You're so convinced that you're born again that not even a preacher in a suit coat standing with a microphone with a Bible open can talk you out of it, can he? It's said today that 75% of people in the United States believe that Jesus is the Son of God. The other 25%, they'll catch up eventually. But Jesus is the Savior, isn't he? He is the one who washes away your sins. He's the one who made you feel clean again, didn't he? He's the one that purified you. He's the one that forgot all of your sins. He cast them from the east to the west. As far away as you can get, that's how far he casted your sins from you. And that's good news, isn't it? And I'm on my way to heaven today. You may think, oh, no, today you're on your way home or you're on your way passing. You're on your way to the restaurant. No, no, no. I'm on my way to heaven today. And all those other things are just the side, the side notes of what's going to happen when I breathe my last breath over here and I get to see Jesus over there. Salvation. Let me just tell you, the, just preach to you the gospel again real quick in the most basic forms. In the beginning of time, God and man were in a harmonious relationship. And then sin entered the world and broke that relationship. Sin, because of Adam's fall, because of Eve's fall, it broke the, 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 the relationship between God and man. And God had to find a way to restore that relationship and he had a plan in place already before it ever happened, and that he was going to send his own son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins. And not just pay the penalty for our sins, he was going to carry our sins upon him. So in other words, he just didn't forget our sins. Jesus took the punishment and, and paid the fine for my sin and for your sin. And then by repentance and faith in, in Jesus Christ, by turning away from our old life and turning to a new life, and by accepting by faith what he's done for us, you and I became born again and we became saved. Is that true? Did I do a pretty good job of preaching the gospel? Okay, well then that, that, I get one then. There's no other name given about where my wind must be saved but the name of Jesus. Now I say that because I want to tell you about a story of a friend of mine. And he was a friend that was a, a Christian man. He went to, we went to church together. He had talked about... Um, he served in our church, was very faithful. His wife was a godly woman, raising his kids in church. His family was uh, served the Lord, been in church many, many years. And so he traveled, uh, as I did. So there were days we would talk on the phone. And one day he asked me a question that would just really shock me. He said, can I ask you a question? How many know we get nervous when people say that? I said, sure, sure. He said, do you ever doubt that you're saved? He said, do you ever think maybe you're not really a Christian? Which surprised me because here's the thing. This was a guy that I was just sure that he, that he, was, he knew he was born again, but he had the doubt that he was. Now, what would you say if somebody, your friend asked you that question? What would you say to him? You'd probably quote him some scriptures, wouldn't you? You'd probably get out John 3.16, God so loved the world, he gave his only son. Whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. You'd ask your friend, do you believe that? Do you believe that God sent his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish and have eternal life? Maybe you'd go to John chapter 14. You'd say, Jesus said to him, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And you'd ask him that question. Do, do you believe that Jesus is the only way? And then maybe you'd give your personal testimony of what God did for you, how God saved you, and you'd go through the experience of how it felt when God washed you and cleansed you. 
You may do some other things. You may talk to him about, give some advice. You know, you'd say things like, listen, the devil's lying to you, trying to get you to believe something that you know to be true. Don't take the devil's advice. And you'd give all different kinds of things to tell him, am I right? Is that what you would do? Because you're convinced that Jesus is the Savior. Now, am I right? Are we still with me? I, I believe this, that just as much as we're convinced that Jesus is the Savior, we can be convinced that Jesus is also a healer. Jesus is a healer. Now, in the last 24 months, we've been so thrown off our game because it seems like sickness is everywhere. But I want just to, hopefully this thought will be planted in your heart today, that Jesus has not changed just because of the last 24 months. He is still the Savior. He is still the baptizer. He is still the soon-coming king. And yes, my friend, he is still the healer. Now, if, if you remember last week, we talked about the Pentecostal movement, where this whole thing started from. The Assemblies of God, the Church of God, the Four Square, the Church of God in Christ. Talked about, if you, if, you, if you weren't here last week, go back, if you will, on our podcast and you can listen because I kind of give a history lesson of the, 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 the last day Pentecostal movement that started in the beginning of the 20th century. Beginning at Azusa Street in Los Angeles, began to move across the world. Today it's the fasting, fastest growing segment of Christianity. It is this Pentecostal movement. Now, out of this movement, they begin to preach four things. There were four basic tenets that came out of this particular movement, and that is that Jesus is Savior, Jesus is Healer, Jesus is Baptizer in the Holy Ghost, and Jesus is, is, is going to return as the soon-coming King. How many know that's, that's a pretty safe thing to say, that Jesus is all those things? Now, one of the fellowships that came out of that particular, the, the particular movement was called the Four Square Amy Simple McPherson was the founder of that particular movement. And she began to preach, and, and the people that were, came under her, began, she began to preach that, that very thing. Jesus is Savior, Healer, Baptizer, and soon-coming King. Let me read it to you. The four-square gospel teaches that Christ's healing ministry continues today. While on earth, Jesus went about healing people of physical, emotional, and spiritual ills. By the power of the Lord, Jesus, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever, continues to heal the sick and the afflicted in answer to believing prayer. Healing of the body, soul, and spirit is one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And that's where we come to our scripture today. Matthew chapter 8, verse 17 says, He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. That means that Jesus is a physician. That means that Jesus is a healer. That means that Jesus is the medicine man in 2022. In the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of COVID, in the midst of the flu, in the midst of cancer, heart disease, diabetes, Alzheimer's, acne, AIDS, he's the healer that is still today as much as he was yesterday and when he first came in on this earth. Thank God that we have a physician, a doctor on our side, and he's alive and well today in 2022. He has not changed. He's not diminished in power. He's not worried about what's going on in the world today. He's not stressed about it. The blood that he shed, the stripes that he took upon his back in, in, on, at, uh, in Pilate's court is still the stripes that were necessary for you and I to claim healing of sickness and disease today. Thank God that he's the healer. Now, are you just as, do you think the average Christian today is just as convinced that Jesus is the healer as, as he is the Savior? 
Do you think the average Christian in America today is, is just convinced that he's a healer just as much as they're convinced he's the Savior? I wonder, but I don't, I don't have any kind of statistics for you, but if a friend came to you, just like the, the scenario we gave before, and they were in doubt and they needed to be healed, could you walk them down the road and give them advice and give them scriptures to show them it's okay that if you're sick, Jesus is still a healer today? Could we do that today in, in 2022? I am convinced of this, that God is not diminished in his power. I am convinced of this, that more than ever, we need Jesus as the healer to come to the forefront of the church and the forefront of America today. I am just as convinced today that his power is still readily available to those who believe. And if there are those that don't believe, that's why he doesn't heal, is because they just don't believe. The days of miracles and healings are not gone by, but they're just as certain today as they've ever been. The good news is Jesus is the healer. If you believe that, say amen. He is the healer. Now, he's still the healer too. Today in the day in which we live, I think we may, if you've ever asked the question, why do we not see the miracles and healings today as we did in days gone by, as they do in the book of Acts? And I think we can answer that question. I think it all starts if we understand when we're saved by grace. But many Christians go back to living and trying to work and perform to earn their salvation. In other words, they give their life to Christ one day and they give it by grace, they receive it by grace, but then outside of that, the days they begin to live for God, they live by, by, by works. They try to perform, they think that their, their performance is, that God cares about them based on their performance and not based on his grace. So the thing is, is what happens is also they begin to have to start earning their salvation even though it's already been purchased. For example, I had a pretty good God day today. I had a pretty good day in the Lord today. I prayed today. Didn't have a very good day today. God day today. Day of the Lord today. I forgot to read my Bible today. Had an opportunity today to talk to my friend about Jesus. The conversation, the door opened and I just didn't take it. Wasn't a very good day today in the Lord. Well, you know, I had some money I was going to give in the offering today, but I decided not to give it. Wasn't a very good day today. Do you understand if we take our Christian faith and all it is is about checking boxes, we are going back and we are taking the grace of God and pushing it off the side and trying to live for God based on performance. But my friend, you can live on, for God today based on grace and nothing else. It's a whole lot more fun to live by grace. All this that we got right now, I didn't deserve a thing. And there wasn't one thing I earned did to earn any of the stuff we got today. Healing, salvation, deliverance, victory, ministry, doesn't matter. Everything I've got, my wife, my kids, everything was not because of me. It was all because of the grace of Jesus Christ that was shined upon me. Thank God for the grace of God. So I wonder if we believe that healing is, a, is something that God gives us, but then we go about and trying to find a way to earn it just like sometimes we do in salvation. You can't earn healing. You can't earn healing. There's not a formula that you can do and do this and say two of those and three prayers and this and then God will heal you. It's just this, we receive healing the same way we do salvation, by grace through faith. It's a grace of God. I like when Pastor Caleb preaches because almost every time he preaches, he tells the story or he, he makes reference to when God healed him of cancer when he was a 12-year-old little boy. See, I remember when, because we went to church when he contracted cancer, because I remember the pastor calling for a seven-day fast, because if God didn't intervene, he was going to die. The doctors had given him pretty much no hope for recovery. 
And I remember just love hearing the story because he tells it over and over again. He tells me, he says, Pastor, I am going to stand before a great group of people and tell the story about God healing me. I believe God's going to use me in that particular ministry of healing because I've seen that God really is a healer today. And so healing is, is still by the grace of God. Healing is still through faith. Healing is still by Jesus. If I can take you to Mark chapter 7, and you may want to turn there. Look at verse number 27. Because the Bible gives us a couple foundations, a little couple things we can put and see that will help us build a foundation for healing today. Mark chapter 7, I'm going to explain the story to you first, and then I'll read the scripture of verse 27. There was a lady who had come to Jesus, and she had a daughter who was possessed by, by a demon. And when she came to Jesus, she said, Lord, would you heal my daughter? Come and heal my daughter. And she was a Gentile. And interesting enough, Jesus said he had just come first. He was coming to the Jewish people. And he told the lady, he said, look, I didn't come for you. I came for the Jewish people. He says, it's not right. And this is the analogy he gives. It's not right for me to give the children's bread to dogs. Just called that woman a dog, didn't he? And he was saying this. He was saying, look, I, I, I do have healing. It's the children's bread, but I didn't come to give it to the Gentile first. I came to give it to the Jewish person first. And she said this, but even, master, even the crumbs fall off the table, the children's table, so that the dogs can eat them. And Jesus heard that, and he was like, <laughs> she got it. He was showing something, a principle that you and I can learn from today. And the Bible says she went home, and her daughter was healed from that very hour. And it verse says in verse 27, Let the children first be filled, for it's not meat to take the children's bread and to cast it to the dogs. He just equated healing to children's bread. Did you see that? Make sure that you see that. He just said that. I'll read it to you again. Let the children first be filled, for it's not meat to take the children's bread and to cast it into the dogs. So in other words, he was comparing children's bread to healing. Now think about kids' breads. How many parents in here? How many feed your kids? Let me ask this question first. How many don't feed their kids? I see. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a no-brainer, isn't it? As a parent, that's just what you do. You feed your kids. Now, you, they don't always get good stuff, steak to eat. Sometimes it's peanut butter and jelly. Hallelujah. Sometimes it's Cheez-Its. That's breakfast. That's lunch. It's just Cheez-Its. But they're going to eat, right? So Jesus says this. He says, even the children's bread, the children's provision, the children's portion, that's how he sees healing for me and for you. Just as much as a child has a right to be fed by a parent, Jesus is saying, you and I as the people of God have a right to ask him to heal us in his name. So the beauty of this is to Jesus, to God, healing is something so natural as just feeding our children. It's a mercy of God. It's something that God gives just out of his goodness and something that we can, we can rely on, something we can depend upon, just as much as we can rely and depend upon salvation. Many times believers leave a service. Many times we, we come into a service and we pray or we stand for healing. If you need healing, raise your hand. If you need healing, come forward. And we do that. And many times we feel a change. We feel something, a release, or maybe the a pain begins to dissipate or something begins to happen. But then we leave, and then we go and we, look at, we get on the Internet, and we find every diagnosis for the problem we might have. We go and look on the and find for every possible need and try to find every possible solution to the problem that we have. It's like we want to receive it by grace, but then we want to go out and try to earn it and find a way that we can be healed. Can I tell you, friend, it's the exact same way as salvation. 
You just receive it by grace, and then you walk out and thank God for it. Don't go try to earn it. Don't try to go work for it. Try to find your way to find a way for healing. Healing is a children's bread as the children of God. Thank God he's a healer. We spend, we spend so much time, you know, building our faith on healing and, and so much time trying to figure out how to fix our problem when we don't have to fix the problem because he is the healer. He's the physician. We don't go out and try to find a way to save ourselves and try to find a way to get to heaven and do everything we can and work ourselves, our fingers to the bone to try to find, to be a part of the kingdom of God. We just accept it by faith. That's what he said. That's what I receive. Healing is the exact same way. He said it, I receive it, that settles it. Story of a young lady who was listening to a message on healing. She was sick. She had the, had the bubonic plague. This was in the early part of the 20th century. As she began to listen and began to read, she got to thinking, if Jesus took stripes on his back for my healing, and he did it back then, which means that he's already healed me technically, in, in the kingdom of God, he's already healed me. That must mean that I can go ahead and just live my life like I normally would. And she was laying in the bed. So she just decided, what would I be doing if I was healed? She said, I'd be up, I'd be cleaning the house, doing the laundry, doing the dishes. So she got out of her bed, began to do the laundry, began to clean her house and do the dishes. And something began to change on the inside of her. See, she began to line up her belief, what she believed began to line up with what the Word of God says. And something began to happen, something began to change. I want to tell you this, my friend, that Jesus has already healed you. When he died on Calvary's cross and took stripes upon his back and paid the penalty for sickness, can I tell you, that's when he healed us. He says, first, first Peter chapter 2, verse 24, said he himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we having died to sins might live for righteousness, and by his stripes you were healed. Not you are healed, not you will be healed, you were healed. It was already paid for back then. Thank God that I don't have to go do something that he's already done. I like the song when we sing, when I think about the Lord how he saved me, how he raised me, how he filled me with the Holy Ghost, how he healed me to the uttermost. So the question is, okay, we believe it, Pastor. We're Pentecostal people. We believe in it. Let me say this before we go any further, just kind of a, a side note. There's a difference between healing and miracles. According to the Bible, there's a difference between healings and miracles. Miracles are instantaneous, supernaturally. Healings are miraculous too, or, 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 but sometimes they're not instantaneous, they're progressive. Bible says, if any be sick among you, call for the elders of the church, come, pray the prayer of faith, anoint them with oil, and the prayer of faith, and they shall recover. They, they shall recover. Sometimes it's progressive. So if that's the case, you've been healed by God more times than you can ever count. How many times have you come to church and you prayed or you've had somebody, will you agree with me in prayer? And, and then you just kind of forgot about that prayer, but you began to feel better. That rash began to go away. That fever began to break. Some, that, that pain just didn't hurt as much. You just kind of forgot about it. But over the course of time, and then you look back a month later or a year later and you go, I don't even hurt anymore. Had a lady in church one night, was teaching this in the back. And got to teaching on the difference between miracles and healings. She came to me after church with this big old, I mean, this wide-eyed look in her, in her face. She said, I can't even count how many times God's healed me. 
Because I can't tell you how many times I've taken my sickness to the Lord, my infirmity to the Lord, and I just kind of left it there. And after a while, I realized I'm not hurting anymore. So if you get prayed for, if you get and you don't have a miracle, don't begin to doubt that God's a healer or that God doesn't want to heal you or that God doesn't want to touch you because you didn't feel an instantaneous healing. You just walk out of the doors of this church. You just walk out and you say, thank you, God, for healing me. I may not feel it today, but I know this, you're still a healer. I know this, you're still a savior. You're still a baptizer and you're still the one who's the medicine man who can make me every bit whole. Lots of times we start out with faith and we end up getting into doubt. And doubt is the kryptonite for those who seek out healing. Now, I want to answer a t- just last, this is the last, well, how do I get it? I know he heals. I know he wants to heal. How do I receive it? Many of you probably say, if God heals today, where is it? How do I get it to manifest? I believe it works, but I don't know how. Maybe you've seen somebody stand and not get healed. Maybe you stood and not get healed and seen it manifest. But any, either way, your faith is shaken as a result of that. Let me say this, and I can say this without any, fear, without any fear of contradiction. God wants you well. God wants you well. He wants you in heaven. He doesn't want you to perish, but all to come into everlasting life, and he wants you to be well. It's the man that came to him, but we think, well, well God, if he wants to, then, then maybe he just doesn't want to heal me. Let's talk about that for a minute. Maybe he just doesn't want to heal me. Maybe he's trying to teach me something. You know, Paul had his thorn in the flesh, and maybe this, maybe this is my thorn in the flesh. Maybe so. But one of the first men that ever came to Jesus came to him and asked that same question, that, you, that, we, that statement we just made. He came to him and said, and it was one of the first recorded times in Scripture where Jesus actually performed a healing on somebody. He came to him and said, Master, if you're willing, you can make me whole. And before Jesus touched him to, to, to heal him, he had to correct his theology. He had to correct his doctrine. And he said this, I am willing, be thou clean. I am willing, be thou clean. Come on, get that on the inside of you. I am willing, be thou clean. Say, so what if he doesn't want to heal me? What, maybe there's something, he's willing, be thou clean. So what do you believe? Believe that he's willing. He wants to make you clean. He doesn't pick and choose between those he wants to and those he doesn't want to heal. The, the, the stripes he took upon his back were for everybody's healing. The, 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 the problem that, that sometimes we believe is somehow maybe the enemy comes in and tries to get us to doubt that he really is a healer. And I pray today in Jesus' mighty name that just as firm as you are in your conviction of salvation, that you'll be firm in your conviction about Jesus as the great physician. First Peter chapter 2 is your basis. If there's ever a scripture to memorize, this is it. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. In other words, it's in, the he- it's in the atonement. In the contract that you wrote between you and Jesus, the contract that God wrote with all of heaven and, and, and all of earth, in there, paragraph C, subsection A, it says, by his stripes you were healed. He did. If he took stripes for our healing, if he sat there in Pilate's court, and let those Roman soldiers beat him until the flesh was pulled away from his body and the blood flowed out of his back. If he would go for that, and the Bible says for that very specific reason that we could be physically healed, then we might as well go ahead and believe what he said is true. Kid Kyle, Ronnie tells a story that he believed this. He, he, he read this about, about what this provision that God has, and he believes it. So much so he was praying for kids at Kyle to be healed, kids at school. He got out of school. He began to pray for his coworkers who were sick. 
got in trouble because the people that were getting sick were getting healed, and the boss didn't know what to do about it, so he just called him in on the carpet and wrote him up. <laughs> that makes a whole lot of sense. But he said these words, and they've just resonated with me and stuck with me when it comes to this particular topic. He said this. He said, if Jesus paid the price, we ought to let him get his money's worth. We ought to believe that he can still do it today. I like it because it's past tense. By his stripes, you were healed. It's past tense. It's not by his stripes, you are healed today. It's not by his stripes, you will be healed. It's by his stripes, you were healed. In other words, it's settled. It's already, it's taken care of. One more question we got to answer. But I know somebody who we prayed for and they passed away. I know somebody that we prayed for. I could give you four names, people in the last year we've prayed for. God would heal them. And some would say this, well, that's just proof that he doesn't want to heal everybody. That's not proof that he doesn't want to heal everybody. That's just proof that everybody's appointed to die. All of us have an appointment date with death, and nothing can defeat that. You find me every single person in this Bible that Jesus healed, every single one of them passed away. Lazarus was risen from the dead. He passed away one time. Blind Bartimaeus got his eyes open. He passed away. The woman with the issue of blood, God, Jesus healed her supernaturally. She passed away. Every single person has an appointment with death. It's like Hayden said. We were eight years old. God was healing all these, these older people at church, eye diseases and different disorders. He came up to me one day. He was puzzled. He said, Dad, if God keeps healing all the old people, they're never going to get to go to heaven. He's right. But just because we pray and God takes them home doesn't mean that he still doesn't want to heal me and heal you. And today, you know, you, you think, okay, Pastor, well, you're leading us. If there's anybody sick, have them come and let's pray for them. I want to do something beside that as well. If you're sick in your body, in just a moment, I want you to come. And we're going to believe God for your healing. But I want just people to come. And maybe in the last 24 months, you just really feel like your faith has been shaken because COVID has taken over our world. And we've spent so much time trying to figure out where it came from, how you get it, how not to get it, who, 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 who's to be vaccinated, who's not. We spent our, so much of our time trying to figure that out. And I want us to be reminded that in the midst of all of that, your Savior is still your healer. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you today. And I pray, God, for those today, maybe their faith has been shaken. I think it's safe to say, God, all of our faith has been shaken. But today we are reminded and we come to the conclusion again that the same Savior is the one who's our physician. And so I pray today, God, not one person, old or young, anybody in between, I pray today they would be firmly convinced and Lord, even if they're not firmly convinced now, but they would go home and they would study what the Bible has to say about it, but they would become firmly convinced that Jesus has not changed. He's still alive. He's still well. He's still a Savior, a baptizer, a soon-coming King, and He's a healer. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that it challenges you to dig deeper into the Word of God and grows your faith. If you would like to reach out to us, please visit our website at www.mybethel.net. Thank you.